Yeah, a lot of these conversations that we have, I'm always like asking questions, and Julia's like, "That's a good question." So I, like, I don't, I don't thing. understand how like Angie just comes. I, like I'm that person that it takes me a second, and I'm like, like hours later, I'm like, "Oh man, I should have asked this, or I should have said that." <laughs> but Angie's like in the moment, like boom, boom, boom. I'm like, "That's the brain of a journalist, baby." I know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah should i just do a quick little intro or should we just skip to actually talking just do a quick intro okay Hello. hi everyone welcome back to another episode of you're doing fine mija uh we thought we were gonna stop interviews but you know julie and i just are on this like nine to five grind dude mm-hmm. we're just out here I'm not really nine to five. Bro. This, we record these podcasts like late, like now, yeah, like, really late. Like we're just out here, just kind of more like nine to midnight. <laughs> yeah, more like twenty four hours. You know, <laughs> no, but uh, today uh, we're joined back again with with Peppa, Miss Peppa Pig, mm-hmm. not the real Peppa Pig, the real but one. like the real one, the the one the one that's in in our lives right now, yes. and then also yeah. um. Peppa, Peppa's friend Penny. Penny's here too. So Penny is actually Filipino American that owns an Etsy shop, which I'm gonna ask her about later. But um, we are gonna talk about. Uh, so we are, we're all collectively watching what well, what is happening specifically mm-hmm. right now in the Asian American slash AAPI communities, collective communities. And then, like, documentaries started coming out, more articles started coming out, and Julia and I were just like, let's just talk to people about it just to learn yes. more from a different perspective. So a lot of, like, our our thing is we just bring people that are experiencing these things and see, like, how we can give them a platform to just voice their frustrations, opinions, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully we learn a little bit more that's, like, not, like, mainstream media stuff. Because, like... Yeah. No, your neighbor can be affected by this. Your friends can be affected by this. And, like, talk to them, dude. Like, they're going through things. I feel like talking about it, you'll... I feel like just talking about their everyday lives, you'll see, like, how, how, in a way, we kind of all live similar experiences, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. You know? um, But, yeah, yeah, I was watching it, like, um, so, okay, not to, like discredit like other people's feelings or whatever mm-hmm. but I do think that a lot of people started belittling the situation because they really like kind of grouped together um like Asians as not really like quote-unquote suffering through things like this yeah. like racism and things like that and it's not because like they're not going through it like maybe it's like a little bit more silent or it's painted in a different light but I don't see like what's going to benefit people from like making their issues and their conflicts and their struggles being less than someone that's like, you know, phys- um, not physically, but like visually a person. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like mm-hmm. people look at like just specifically skin color and then they're like, oh, well, this person is like lighter skin than other people. They're not suffering as much. And that's not true. I think we learned no. a lot about like uh-huh. what has been happening that you can't be belittling someone else's situation because like at the end of the day, it's the same concept, just in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was really frustrating me seeing frustrating to me seeing that like all of these people that were like 
participating in the Black Lives Matter movements, participating in like these Latinx movements, participating in all of these like movements and like protests and things, looking at the Asian community and just saying, oh, your struggle isn't, isn't like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not, not as, like, yeah, it's not as important. Like I uh-huh. hated seeing that. I hated, I was so mad. I was, I sent Julia all these TikToks and I was like, Julia, I'm pissed off. Like what, no, what yeah. is Julia? I was just so frustrated because like in what world do you get to say what issue is more important than someone mm-hmm. else's mm-hmm. and what form of violence is like more important, I guess. Like, you know, like yeah. I, just, I don't understand. Like people are getting hurt. People are dying. No, for sure. And also like if if that's that were the case, if we were like to solely, you know, focus on one issue. You know, mm-hmm. when when are we going to get around to the other ones? Mm-hmm. You know, like we all have our struggles. We still have kids in cages. We still have kids in cages, mm-hmm. you know, like but we need to bring light to all these issues, not because we're trying to overshine one of another. We just need to make it aware like, you know, we're all fucking going through things. And what's crazy is like the more we talk about things, more of like there's threads that go through every single issue you know they they're in every single issue and why battle each of these alone you know mm-hmm. like you know are just me stick with my community my community's yeah. issues no we should care about each other's issues so that we can do something about it you know like it, we we work better united and mm-hmm. you know just talking to each other and just bouncing off of each other I think that's that's the yeah. only way we couldn't get anywhere I think Peppa's used to us like kind of like just bridging this like <laughs> boundary of like emotion and, and Penny's probably just like wow this got intense what? really quickly <laughs> no I, I get the same way I just you know it's like you said it's to myself so mm-hmm. yeah if you ask me questions I'll I'll um that would help a lot how does that feel though like do you think that you have to like keep all of these frustrations to yourself because like the other communities like are are making you or like kind of like giving you that like feeling that you should keep it to yourself or is it just like you're just doing it just for yourself? Like it's how like, is that? It's like both because mm-hmm. I can't speak for like all the Filipinos or all the Asians, but my experience was growing up I felt a lot of shame in speaking up for myself Mm -hmm. um because it's like well my mom and dad gave me so much and I should be grateful for everything and um and I feel really selfish wanting whatever it is like even just to go out with friends like I've felt ashamed for even asking which Mm -hmm. is like really weird like I shouldn't and all my friends were you know, their parents were fine and they could sleep over at, you know, each of, you know, their mm-hmm. friends' houses. But um, just something like that, I felt really ashamed and I would have to kind of space out if I asked them for something, I'd have to wait a while. Mm-hmm. You know? 
I felt that one. I felt that one in my yeah. heart. Like, like, go, go clean your room, wash the dishes, yes. do the laundry, yes. and then ask for permission. And then ask for permission. Yes, when I you, felt when you that have one. To rehearse in your head what you would <laughs> oh say. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. When, when, wait, when, when you're like ready to to ask them, but they're in a bad mood, so you oh, just like never mind. Yeah, I'm not going wait, out. Wait. I'm not going out. Never mind. Never mind. Cancel everything. Cancel everything. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm being in like the position where like you are like I guess a person of color but also female it just like puts so much more pressure on you mm-hmm. as a, like a female in this household mm-hmm. like you know it's just it's just like they have so many other expectations for you to be able to do and accomplish because like traditionally they're like this is how it's supposed to be and this mm-hmm. is how you're supposed to be and this is how everybody else that's like you is supposed to be and mm-hmm. that's just like a lot of pressure like a lot of pressure and a lot of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually like been um I had my journals like my I told my sister to give me my journals for Christmas like all throughout when I was like seven to when I was even in college and a lot of what I wrote was um just having to put up this mask for people like here at church I'm gonna be like really quiet and I'm not gonna be awkward and I'm gonna be nice and then at home I'm gonna be quiet and obedient and Mm -hmm. And then even with friends, it was like, I'm going to be happy. And it just kind of everyone else's problem was so much bigger than my own. Mm -hmm. And all that, the feeling of loneliness was just, just mine to bear by myself. Mm -hmm. No one wants to know it. And, um, you know, I don't have it as worse off as other people, which like to answer your question, like that's, it's kind of both. Like it's for Mm -hmm. myself, but it's also for other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like a yeah, I relate thing. to that too yeah. because mm-hmm. like Asian actually I don't want to say Asians just in case like I can't speak for um all Asians but I'm also Filipino like Penny mm-hmm. and a very like strong um like phrase that at least my parents always told me was respect your elders mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a card for people older than you to treat for them to treat you like however they want. So mm-hmm. if there is an instance, I've, I've even expressed it before. Like once my parents would say a comment and it would hurt my feelings. And when I said that comment hurt my feelings, they would just turn it around and say like, well, that comment hurt your feelings, even though I've changed your diaper, I cook your meals, I clean the house for you. I provide you shelter. And you mm-hmm. think like I'm a mean person and I'm just like I'm not saying like you're a mean person it's mm-hmm. just that one comment alone and then um ever since I learned the hard way when I was little that that's how my parents are that that's why I suppress my emotion especially when I'm around like figures of authorities and like Penny said oh. I'm in church mm-hmm. when I'm in school I yeah. see like I see a teacher that's why like um like I've always I was always called a teacher's pet growing up but to be honest Mm -hmm. like if I have to be real it comes out of like fear from speaking Mm -hmm. up also and when I'm with my friends like I am this happy talkative like let loose like Mm -hmm. free spirit and the reason why I'm like that is because my friends chose to have me in their lives they didn't have like I mean, they do have expectations of what they want from a friend, mm-hmm. but um, 
just the fact that they accept me like full on, like that shows like I can be unconditionally with my, I can be unconditionally myself with them because they can shoot, they chose me to be in their lives. And if there's mm-hmm. a point where a friendship falls out, like, okay, the friendship falls out, but those are mostly like, you know, elementary, middle school, but in terms of like family and like even just teachers, they have that authority figure over you and not just teachers, um, parents, like, honestly, like it might sound dark, but like even police officers, like that's Mm -hmm. why we do get scared. Um, because Mm -hmm. we're so used to getting gaslighted and talked down to. So that's that's how I see it too. Everything Penny said, like it's so relatable, mm-hmm. and that's that's why I put on my mask. Also, mm-hmm. it's really hard. I mean, yeah. Julie and I have talked like before about um, like having this sort of identity crisis, like of mm-hmm. who you are versus who you really are, because yeah. you're placed in this position where you have to be someone else, and then when you finally realize, okay, that wasn't like right, or I'm not like that, or that's not okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you break out of that, and then you're like, okay what am I yeah yeah you know I was gonna say I was gonna Mm -hmm. like say that I feel like a lot of people um they expect I don't know I've always felt like people expect me or are more comfortable with me being this happy person like Mm -hmm. joyful make you laugh make you feel really good about yourself but on the inside I'm like like who am I if Mm -hmm. I'm by myself and I'm all alone am I just this really dark person or is it just that I haven't really had the opportunity to balance out my joy and my pain, mm-hmm. you know, because, mm-hmm. because like our, my parents, like I love them, but there was a lot of guilt in feeling anything. And even joy, it felt like that was too vulnerable to share. Like I want to share something like, I want to be this when I grow up, but it was always laughed at like, Oh, you can't, like oh haha what are you gonna do like really passive aggressive mm-hmm. kind of comments and I don't know why I, I think it's probably a generation thing where they maybe felt shame in having dreams of their own and then and then just needed to put this realistic like slap reality in the face kind of mm-hmm. like thing mm-hmm. um yeah I think that's probably what it is and so yeah the identity crisis is like who am I? Am I all these things or am I really me if I'm by myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The generational thing is a huge factor. I feel like, I mean, we have similar, I feel like at least my household mm-hmm. was very similar. Vulnerability was just not a thing we we really showed with one another and I know it's a lot like there were instances in my family where like we would break and like there'd be moments and my mom would always respond with oh well my parents did this to me and like that was kind of her way to justify why she made me feel a certain way you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's a very big problem and at, at least personally, I want to like thrive to not do that with my own kids, mm-hmm. but it, it is a big problem. And going back to the respect your elders thing, um, that 
is a big factor as to why we don't talk about this in our communities. We don't, you know, call out our elders for the BS that they do, you know, Mm -hmm. it it just doesn't happen because Mm -hmm. respect your elders. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing to see, like as a generational thing, like, are we all first gen? Gen, um, I was thinking about that the other night. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really bad at figuring that because my parents, grandparents, mm-hmm. my parents, parents, my grandparents. Yeah. Um, they came to America, or he came to America, and then my parents came to America. And so, what does that make me? <laughs> Were your parents born in the U.S. or in? All uh, okay, so yeah, your okay. first gen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, it's interesting all- to see from like that perspective, like a first gen, like, okay, how are our kids going to turn out? So mm-hmm. you know how like a lot of them are always like, oh, your parents are always like, oh, uh, your kids are going to be like, however you got treated and however you grew up, like you want to change things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to realize that what we did was right and how we raised it was right. And that's the only way that it's going to work. And so <laughs> just just hearing that is just like interesting to see, because like, obviously, we weren't, we're not going to see it now. But like, right. mm-hmm. if we ever do have kids like down the line, you're going to see like, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be different? Honestly, I'd love to bring you guys back to talk about that, because I'd be like, yo, what is it? Same or different? <laughs> same or different? <laughs> like, you know, we all have our kids on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be like, yo, hey, whatever you want. Same or different? Same or different? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, I don't know. They're like, yeah, but like how your grandma teaches teaches you and how I teach you same or different same or different you know I don't know something funny off topic though like I was just talking to my boyfriend earlier today um because I I don't know about you guys but I quote a lot of vines and a lot of tiktoks like different (sighs) sounds like same same. uh, (laughs) and so I was just telling him I was like you know what I'm going to be quoting these when I have kids and my kids are going to have no clue what I'm talking about. And then I also quote them now and my parents have no idea what I'm talking about. I was like, we're all on this in this joke and like mm-hmm. no one else is going to understand. Like mm-hmm. my favorite one. I don't know if you guys um have seen the one where this guy, this little boy is like, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Yeah. Like yeah. I say that to George all Dude, the time. What that I say a lot is like a knife. No, you know that one with the kids running around with knife. Oh god, so good. No, yeah. Honestly, I think like honestly, think that we're gonna get to a point where like right now we're probably thinking like, okay, no electronics for my kid, no this, no that. Like I want the kids to like experience life how I grew up going outside and like all that. And then we're we're gonna get to a point where I've I've seen like parents that are like my age that I I went to high school with, and they're like, no, 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 no. When you have a kid, you're gonna realize that what you would what you thought and what it actually is completely you 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 cannot you can't do what you're imagining that you can do i would have babies have ipads oh my gosh i hate that i really hate that i hate that but no i've i've seen i've seen kids that are are like you know they're kids right now that Mm -hmm. do not have tablets they experience life like Mm -hmm. kind of almost all the way like uh unplugged yeah so it's doable but it's a lot of work (laughs) I don't know I remember like learning how to ride a bike for the first time it's just like well imagine like how are kids gonna learn like in the future on YouTube let me let me let me let me google how to ride a bike real quick (laughs) let me type into google (laughs) like what are you doing oh man (laughs) 
Honestly, these kids are probably going to be like really, really smart growing up in like a full digital age. But mm-hmm. honestly, I also hope that like what in the in the next few generations, because like I, I, Peppa works with kids. I've worked with kids. Like Same they're they're yeah, yeah they're like with kids. Worked with kids. Wow, Penny. Yeah, toddlers. Wow. <laughs> they're okay. Like the new like high school ish kids are are so woke. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mm-hmm. in in the know of, like, right and wrong, of course, like, sometimes people look at them and they're like, you're going a little too far with cancel culture and canceling, like, everything under the sun. And, like, at some points, like, it needs to switch from cancel culture, culture to accountability culture. Yeah. But, like, yes. you know, but, yeah, but, I mean, just, like, seeing these kids' perspectives and them leading a lot of these movements that we're seeing now, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see, like, how the next round of kids after them are going to grow up in this like Ooh, world yeah. where like where like things are going to be like open and accessible to them in addition to them having just like internet at their fingertips like mm-hmm. you know yeah that, I love that because what um I was born and raised in the San Gabriel Valley and if mm-hmm. you don't know where the San Gabriel Valley is it's a region in Los Angeles County and it's heavily populated with Asians and I feel like mm-hmm. I wasn't exposed to racism against Asians and hate crimes toward Asians until I was in college because I grew up in um the 626 where there's so many Asians so it was comfortable for us to talk about like our family traditions and whatnot like a lot of us are first generation Americans so just seeing how um like I grew up with Asians and I didn't see any like racism because we're all Asian but like seeing now like with news and social media of the hate crimes like nationwide even like there was even one in the San Gabriel Valley in San Francisco they are heavily populated with Chinese people but there are so many hate crimes going on so just um me realizing or me learning about this now at 23 years old but I see my own students from work they're like I work with like elementary school but I know of like some high school students Mm -hmm. just seeing them speak up and say like stop AAPI hate and Mm -hmm. them like um looking at these work resources and asking these questions I'm just thinking to myself I did not ask these questions when I was your age. And mm-hmm. I went to the same school district as you because I work at the school district that I studied at. Mm-hmm. So like to me, it is like it it gives me a sense of hope. Um, seeing these students say things like um, like stop AAPI hate, especially since um, the city I live in, it's still heavily populated with Asians. Mm-hmm. And I just know that when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, we for sure were not having these conversations even though we were heavily populated with Asians so I mm-hmm. I do have a sense of hope and mm-hmm. Penny's from uh San Diego right well I live in San Diego but or county but I'm from Carson which is mm-hmm. really oh, south okay. of LA yeah, really yeah. Nice. it's like south of Compton yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. everyone knows Compton <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone, it's the one next to it I think kind of mm-hmm. yeah yeah Florence and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so I grew up with a lot of black and brown people mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the area yeah and I don't know my experience was really different and I don't know what it was but actually in high school this is going to sound really weird but we had race wars against each other, which is really fucked up. Mm. I don't know how it started, but it was 
I mean, white supremacy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone was, you know, just it's the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to be tougher than each other in mm-hmm. some way. I I don't know what it was. Um, but what that just came to mind. And like you're conditioned to like just think that that's okay. Like yeah, exactly. My jaw dropped when you said (laughs) race wars. Like you, like okay, like was it was it like a normalized thing? Like in your high school, we had a lot of fights. Like there, like fights were like, oh, there's a fight over there. Everyone go, like run over there. Or Mm -hmm. two two girls fighting each other. It was it's pretty. I I don't want to say rough area, but I guess kind of rough because. We did have that. And so, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think anything of. Like at the time, did you think it was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like at the time, were you like, okay, this is weird. Like this is a race war. Like, did you really. I didn't know. It didn't, it didn't Mm -hmm. occur to me. Yeah. I feel like that's like a lot of things that are happening. Like people aren't processing the things that have happened to them as things that are bad things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The definitely like a lot of trauma doesn't mm-hmm. you don't realize you're experiencing it until later on you're like you know what this mm-hmm. happened to me and mm-hmm. you know it's probably reason why I do this or why mm-hmm. I felt this way or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. definitely 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 in high school there was a lot of stuff that today would not fly you know a lot of stuff so I, I understand that not knowing at the moment you know that it this was wrong. That's yeah. crazy, though. I can't believe, like, I, I can't believe they got away with something like that. That's mm-hmm. what I really cannot believe. Like, mm-hmm. adults, adults have the final say in what happens, right? And they just said, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Like, think about them. Like, they think probably just, like, it re- It didn't really register. It was just like, oh, mm-hmm. teenagers are being teenagers and mm-hmm. trying to be hard. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of our teachers, like, we had teachers of color, but mm-hmm. we also had white teachers and it's it's also one of those things where you know they're trying to educate us to to be this like proper way like you know with all the the books by white authors and mm-hmm. and show us movies with white people mm-hmm. and how how do you think that's going to make us feel about ourselves when we go home yeah like yeah. that's not going to make us feel good and then we're not going to feel good about each other either mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was interesting, like, okay, like, like, I mean, at least for me, I don't know, I think I've talked to Julia about this, how, like, we would learn things in school, and, like, get so excited that we learn something new and something interesting and something cool, bring it back home, tell our parents about it, and our parents are like, that's not how it happened, let me tell you how it happened, and it's, like, the different types of history really shows you that, like, it, American history is very yeah. much, like, in support of, like, white people, white people were superior, and then, like, even like when Donald Trump was president and he wanted to erase the bad parts of history that made the white people look like they were really bad people. Like, mm-hmm. please show kids all of it, because if not, we're left trying to search for answers as to where we came from, what we're doing, why things are happening in the world. And we cannot find them because you have whitewashed all of history. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yeah. so frustrating. Like mm-hmm. to, to see to have to go search for your own answers when like if you had a connection to what you're reading or what you're learning or what you're studying, mm-hmm. it would make that so much more enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. So I was just thinking fun. like how we were taught to learn French and mm-hmm. German and all of like the European languages. Mm-hmm. But what about like my language, Tagalog? Like why couldn't mm-hmm. I learn that? Why wasn't that in 
my education. Yeah. Imagine how much more empowered I would feel like being mm-hmm. Filipino mm-hmm. and more connected to my parents too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what yeah. Were you saying? Love Peppa? that. I'm sorry. Oh. I, was, I was like, what oh. were you saying? Oh, I was going to say for one, I agree. And then uh-huh. I have like this, I have this story that I, oh my gosh, it happened in first grade and I still vividly remember it. Um, okay, I'm going to tell the story and you're, you're story time see. with Peppa. Story <laughs> time with Peppa. So we had, I think we, oh, I think due to COVID, we don't have it anymore, obviously, but a tradition that my school district has always had, or not my school district, my elementary school has, um, they've hosted intercultural night. And that is when like students and classes, they do like skits, they sing songs, they mm-hmm give presentations about like different countries and where they're from and whatnot. And then the second graders, um, or was it first? It's one of those grade levels. I'm pretty sure it was first actually. Um, there is like this first, the first graders had to sing this song. And then there is like this special, like part of the song where students can dress up, um, in a costume of their heritage. And then they can say like, in the Philippines, we say hello, um, mabuhay. Um, we actually don't say that, by the way. We we actually just say hey. But anyway, <laughs> just say hi. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, but it's like, that's the formal way of saying hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to do that. And I was excited. I wanted to wear like a Filipino dress because I've seen them in books, like in textbooks and like from what my parents told me, mm-hmm. but I've never worn one. So I signed up or however it worked back then, or raised my hand. I said like, I want to say hello. And she says, okay, cool. And then she comes up to me and she, the, my teacher comes up to me. So angry. She comes up to me what? and she says, okay, so you're going to say hello in German. And then she printed out this little thing about Germany and how to say hello and how to pronounce it. And we had to like hold the flag of where we're from. And she like, she got a German flag for me. And then she got me like some dress and she was like, and you're going to wear this dress. And I just like looked at it and I was like, I don't know anything Uh about Germany. I don't know if I'm, and then I said it, like how to say hello. I think it's like guten tag. I said mm-hmm. it wrong. And then she looks at me and she was like, you said it incorrectly. It's this way, not this way. And then I, I asked her, I was like, how come I can't do the Philippines? And she looks at me and she goes, because you don't look Filipino. Excuse me. Are Excuse you look German? German? Excuse you look German? German? Yeah. What does Filipino look like? Ma'am. I was like, excuse me. First of all, yes, yeah, she's white. Just let's look at that. And mm-hmm. I was just mad because I looked down the line of all the other first graders and not mm-hmm. one of them had to act for another country there were other students and every single one of them got to do their heritage and like not to call this one classmate out but there's this one classmate she looked kind of like me she had brown hair and light skin and some Asians by the way they they look like that sometimes it's I think it's genetic um sometimes like Asians they just can't come out fair skin but we Asians have very distinct, um, I think all races, maybe not all races, but I know Asians for sure. They have very distinct facial features, which I have, which this person had. So there is this one classmate I had. She doesn't look Japanese, but 
but um, she is Japanese and she was able to present and say hello and teach the audience how to say hello in Japanese. But when my teacher told me like, you don't look Filipino, so like you can't, like you don't want to confuse the audience. So you have to do German. And she made me memorize the script about Germany. And and she kept saying like, no, you keep messing up. Like, this is how you say it. Like, and for some reason, I was just so, I was silent. I mean, I asked, Mm -hmm. but when she said you don't look Filipino, like for one, I was in first grade. Right. So, and I was just always taught respect your elders, like be a good student, listen to your teacher. So I didn't want to be seen as like, you know, the talking back student wanting to start a fight. I didn't want to get sent to the principal office. So I kept quiet because I was, I saw it more as like, this is what my teacher told me to do and I have to do it or else I'll get in trouble. And yeah, I still, I vividly remember that and yeah, makes me mad. Still mad. Imagine telling a first grader that. (sighs) You don't look like what you tell me you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. And imagine how traumatizing that is for a kid too. It is. And my parents, they're, they're immigrants. And like, as much as we have like our intercultural differences, like of course I still love them. And I understand how hard it is for them to migrate from the Philippines to the United States. Um, Even though I may not look Filipino at first glance because I'm so light skinned, something I'm grateful for is how my parents really embedded Filipino traditions into me, like growing up. That's why I'm very like in touch with the Filipino side. I've been to the Philippines so many times. And when I was little, like by the time I was six years old, I think I've already been to the Philippines three times. So like at that point, like half my life, I've been to the Philippines because I was like six and I've already taken like three trips to the Philippines. And it's all I talked about. And I, I talked about how much I loved like being in the Philippines. It was so obvious. And for my teacher to say that, even though she knows, like she knows my family and Mm -hmm. like, she knew of like how much I loved my heritage. So just for her to say that, even though she knew me well enough, that was, that was super hurtful. I just can't imagine like how an educator like took advantage of their power to say that to like a six-year-old with parents who are immigrants it's infuriating angie's over here just i'm just like trying (laughs) to process all of this to like a little kid like it just reminds me of like when we did interview ariba and you know what happened with the reba situation when she was little and like how it affected her life and i mean you know it's just crazy because like at the time peppa probably didn't think that it was a big deal she probably said like okay like i guess that's fine like you're the teacher it's your rule whatever and then like now yeah, and then, like, now it's, like, okay, why did I let that happen? Yeah. yeah. Like, why didn't this little first grader throw hands, huh? <laughs> exactly. Why did this little first grader throw hands? Like, come on. Like, it's just, it's just, oh, my gosh. I can't even believe that people would say that to a little kid. Like, why would you do that to them? And, like, the thing is, okay, just to stray off the topic that I wanted to talk about for a little bit, um, people through generations are starting to lose parts of themselves Mm -hmm. like part of their culture part of like Mm -hmm. how they speak if they adopted their native languages or not like generationally we're seeing that people are starting to lose that at -hmm. least like for like the latinx slash hispanic culture like a lot of the people when they migrated over they're like your kid cannot learn any any Spanish, no Spanish in this household at all. Like if you do that, you're going to put them at a disadvantage. They can only learn English. And I know a lot of friends that 
only know English, but look, darker skin than I do or more Hispanic than I do. Mm-hmm. And like just seeing someone like that kind of like continue to push the wedge to like separate you from what you identify as just really like shows how like people just want to westernize everyone yeah Mm -hmm. and then and then the the even worst part is like they try to westernize everyone and then they adopt like all of these different cuisines and like cultures and patterns and colors and say like this is ours like no it's not all of a sudden everyone loves ube and i'm like yeah You know what I'm it's, talking about, Penny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not yours. It's, it's not yours. It's really not yours. You took it yeah. from someone else. And then, dude, oh my gosh. And other side note, I absolutely hate when it's like a, an expensive taco shop. And mm. tacos suck. They suck. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like, we're cuisine. We're fancy. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh. Like, nice. just, <laughs> can you make up a new name for a taco? Because that's not it, dude. That's right. Not it. <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's just things like that like little things like that that irk me it's just like you really you really trying out here but you're not succeeding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop westernizing people adopt people's cultures embrace the differences dude look yeah. at how many beautiful mixed races and babies that we we've, we've seen people praise a mixed child they praise them but like mentally people are still like no 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 no. like yeah they look really cute and stuff but no they can't be who they say they are right yeah like so i was gonna that so many things came to mind when emily was talking about her experience Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna ask you what you want to hear about because i have a few things in mind so you know, just spill, just word vomit. All, all of it, all of it. I'll take it. Go. Spill the I will ask you. Okay. I will ask you back, back to back to back questions. Like I will go on forever. <laughs> Please tell me everything. Like I really want to know. Okay, so papaya soap. Have you heard of papaya soap? Yes, no. I have. Yeah. But tell them. I don't. Okay. Think that a whitening soap or something? Yep. Yeah, it's a whitening soap. Mm-hmm. So well, we have we have one called like yeah. something else in. I've seen when my mom has a different kind. It's like a bar of soap. Yeah, so uh-huh. that I didn't learn until probably a few years. That is to your skin, but also just to your mind. <laughs> like my mom would give us papaya soap to whiten our skin mm-hmm. because I'm dark, mm-hmm. I guess. And and then in at the same time, like she's light skinned too. So of course, it, to me is like, did I like? Do you want your daughters to be white? Like, is that what you want? You know, and just grow, growing up using it and it never working is <laughs> like, why? Why is my forehead still dark? Why are my knees still dark? Why are my hands still dark? I'm using this thing, and and <laughs> when it works, I will I will be pretty. You know, like I will I will be like in the movies. I will be accepted Mm -hmm. people will like want to look like me they'll like me and it's just really sad yeah like I'm not obviously I'm not going to bring that into my kids lives but (laughs) just the fact that that that, it's a thing and it's like culture-wide you know that people Mm -hmm. use stuff like that no for sure we I like Angie said we have our own kind I I don't know what it's called too but I I've heard of it yeah yeah just to make you what but I think um like yeah now 
seeing it, at least in the United States, like, people are saying, like, they don't really do that. But, like, back in, like, where countries where things like this came from, they're still doing it. They're mm-hmm. still using that as their standard of beauty. They're still saying, like, this is what you need to do to be, like, you know, the perfect version of this type of person, you know? Yeah. It's just, and like, all, all you're the- never going to meet the standard. Yeah, I think all the celebrities, I don't know now, but all the celebrities in the mm-hmm. Philippines that I remember all have light skin. And um, that's not a surprise, you know? So. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either. That. I don't. It's like, you don't want me to be uh, me? Can I just, do I have to use this? To be I mean, like, yeah. I yeah. feel the same way, at least um, with me. I mean, I always got that I was dark and whatever, but that never bothered me. At least, I don't know. I I guess I always had confidence in my own skin, but definitely something that was big, like insecurity of mine was my hair. And Mm -hmm. not having straight hair was Mm -hmm. like terrible for me because I have very curly, very like curly, curly, bouncy hair. Um, and so I was always straightening it. I was always trying to do something to it to make it, you know, more prettier, you know? And um, mm-hmm. a lot of it came from, like, my mom saying that I had, oh, your, like, rat nest or stuff like that, you know? Like, and also beauty standards, you know? Everyone on TV never had hair like mine. Mm-hmm. No, and I actually wanted to talk about this, Angie, um, but I totally forgot. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the Selena um, series on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Yes. It. Yeah. And her hair yeah. on there is, it looks like mine. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like how great would this have been for me as a little girl? to see Mm -hmm. this to have this representation like I would have loved my hair I would have been so like like oh my gosh look at my hair look just like Selena you know like Mm -hmm. that that is something that I needed as a little girl and Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm hopeful that now that content I feel is like way more independent there's so much more you can take in that's not mainstream um Mm-hmm. I hope that we're a little bit more accepting to ourselves. You know, there's more representation yeah. and I think that's beautiful. And I hope that the generations to come are more comfortable in their skin. I mean, I don't know if I told you, but um, so I study journalism and I, it's not like this anymore. Okay. I'm just going to preface that by saying it's not like this anymore, <laughs> but it was at the time that I was, I was first getting into it. So like when I was first like learning it, Obviously, you have to decide, like, what you want to do, print or broadcast. And the broadcast route is very much, like, you have to have a certain look to be on camera. And they specified that ahead of time. And they would tell you, like, I I had a friend that had, like, really curly hair, like Julia. And they would tell her, if you want to be an anchor and be anchoring the newscast, you got to chop your hair to your shoulders and straighten it. Like, you cannot have that kind of hair. You can have it out of control. Um, You have to have it either, like, done back somehow, slicked back or whatever, or straightened. And it it got to a point where, like, after the first initial class where you were told this, you were, like, listening to it and saying, like, okay, I guess, like, there's there's a higher standard for females on TV than there is for males. We'll say that straight up. 
Um, but for all of the females, like they would tell them, if you want to be on camera, if you want to be the face of your news station, you have to do this, this, and this. Also, do not wear heavy makeup and make sure that you're wearing the appropriate colors. And so, like, the next, like, semester that I was taking the the next course above that, I just saw, like, almost the whole class that wanted to become anchors, short hair, straightened. Oh, my gosh. Every single newscast. <laughs> And like seeing seeing them like that, and like it was it was actually a thing. Like they we would be judged on our appearance sometimes. Like, did you wear the right colors? Was this the right choice? Was uh, your eye makeup too heavy here? Was it like what you were wearing? Could you walk? Did we see you walking in heels properly, or did you not? And it was like all these little like nitpicky standards that like it really did filter out the journalist class. And I mean, I'm not gonna say names, but there are people that I know that did end up landing their dream jobs that are still falling into this category of like, I still need to do this to maintain my image because if I change it, it, it won't be received by mm-hmm. people the same mm-hmm. way, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, so up. it is, it really is, isn't it? Like all of these, because they had really beautiful hair and like really good, like, like features that they could like accentuate with like makeup and stuff like that. Like, you know, like just little things like that, where I was just like, you have really nice hair. Why are you letting someone control what you do and things Mm -hmm. like that? And then, and then like, it got to the point where it was like, um, we were, we were watching these people. And I think in one of them, they had to have someone come into an emergency, like on air. And she wasn't prepared because obviously it takes a long time to straighten curly, curly hair like Julia's hair. And so they had to kind of just go on with like a, an interesting hairstyle. And they were told right after, like, that wasn't the right hairstyle. Like, were you going to give me like five hours to. Right. Like, yeah. Y'all see this? Like, uh-uh, no, at least yeah, yeah. hour minimum. Uh-huh. Too much hair. Yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. And if it's like, if it's an emergency, it's like, hey, y'all called me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't be saying like, this is a me mm-hmm. problem. Well, the, the excuse would always be like, well, if you really wanted to do this, you would be prepared. Mm. That would be the excuse every single time. Yeah. And like, okay, the thing is, is like, yeah, when I graduated, like, I graduated last year. And to think that like, that was still like what we were being taught last year is just... Like, insane but then also like I think now the a lot of the movements that are like have more Hispanics in news have more black people in news have more Asians in news dude I when I saw more Asians in news I like really thought back to when I have seen like more than just like one Asian a- anchor mm-hmm. in the newscasts mm-hmm. and I I can only remember like the, the really like important one I think she's like from ABC or whatever but I cannot remember anyone else Mm-hmm. So I have a question. And, yeah. I don't know if I'm the only one who notices this, but like when the whole, everything that was going on with the, that's going on with the AAPI community now, mm-hmm. they have an Asian newscaster presented. Is that like on purpose? Probably. But probably I'm like, for me. isn't that like traumatized? I mean, I don't, not, I don't, I'm just, she's probably like fine with it, but at the same time, I don't like why. Yeah, I feel like it's a double-edged sword because of, like, if it's a white person talking Uh about Asian drama, like, I feel like that's kind of like a punch in the face to Asians. Like, here is Uh this girl who does not, or girl or guy who is white, Uh um, who Uh does not have the same fear as we do being Asian. But Uh if it's an 
Asian talking about Asian trauma, like um, even though Asian audiences might see it and say like, oh, this person is like telling our story. Mm-hmm. But like on the other side, on the other hand, like um, how does that Asian anchor feel? So I just feel like it's just a double edged sword because no matter what, no matter who's telling the the story and how, like talking about mm-hmm. Asian hate crimes is not pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, how is she holding it together right now? I actually, like, yeah. I have, like, two answers to this. Because, okay. like, in one instance, um, we actually, like, when I was in school, oh, when I was in school, we had to cover um, the a certain incident that happened within the Black community, like, of students. Um, and I remember, I think I was, like, producing it or something, and I told a person of color that was physically, like, you could see them, they were a person of color. I'm like, please mm-hmm. go cover this, mm-hmm. as I know I know that, like, you're not available, but please drop everything and go cover this. And then our teacher at the time decided to send um, the whitest rap boy to go cover this story. And the issue was regarding, like, fraternities and Black students on campus. And I remember watching it back when I was editing. I'm like, why would our professor send this person? Because like you could, you could visibly tell that they were uncomfortable with the situation. They didn't sympathize with them at all, and they didn't understand the extremity of like what was happening, especially because it was involving like their personal fraternity. So they didn't like really cover it in the way that like someone that would have sympathized with the community would have covered it. You know? Okay. And then the second part to that was, I don't know if you guys saw um, the coverage during, like, March 2020 coronavirus. Um, They had a reporter that her sole job was to go cover people dying in the hospitals. And it would be every single day that she would have to go in, risk her life to, like, potentially get coronavirus, Mm -hmm. to cover a story where she was talking to families that couldn't afford to pay the medical expenses for their family members. They couldn't afford funeral expenses. They couldn't afford anything. And they had her on camera after like three hospitals one day. And she's just like sobbing. And she's just like, I cannot like, like I have family at home that is suffering, that is also on the verge of like, you know, dying. And I have to go interview these families that like are in the same position as I am. And like, no one else is caring. And I have to care and pretend that like, it's not affecting me. But in reality, like it hurts me as a person because I sympathize heavily with these people. And it's just like, upsetting to see that people that are not or don't consider themselves affected by something as big as this didn't really make it a big issue. And just kind of, like, push this narrative that it didn't exist. And so, like, watching her on the news, I was, like, sobbing. I was, like, mm-hmm. I cannot believe they forced you to do that. But also, like, that's a good reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's a person that's going to come in. Even if their emotions show, they're going to, like, tell you the truth. But, like, yeah. that Asian reporter dude... I'm just, like, so scared, like, of people sending her into these communities and not really, like, thinking about what could happen. Right. Because yeah. we, we've seen what's been happening. Right. You know? Like, what? Like, are you guys protecting her? Are you guys, like, being careful yeah. where you send her? Because it's, it's intense right now. And I wonder, you know, when people who are 
totally disagreeable. Like they don't, they're it, they're willfully ignorant, and they see someone who's Asian reporting on these Asian hate crimes. Mm-hmm. What does it do for them? Does it make them gaslight them even more? Like, oh, of course you're gonna have her talk about it. But like, I don't know who who are we? Who are they trying to reach? I guess mm-hmm. like who. And I saw this, um, like it reminds me, I saw this comment on, um, there are two Filipino, they're twins on Instagram and they posted a video that said, stop Asian hate. And then someone, some troll commented and was like, how are you going to make the Asian haters stop Asian haters just by saying this? And a lot of people were like, you know, like, fuck you, you're ignorant. And I just said like, you know, hate runs deep like Mm -hmm. if asian people who hate asians don't know they hate asians they're just ignorant and when they see a campaign that says stop asian hate they're gonna know that there's a there's millions of people who are rising up against their hatred and ignorance Mm -hmm. like that's what it is and i don't know i don't know how i got to that but it's just like i don't know but who how do we get the credit when we're the only ones listening to each other? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that brings me to talk, like, it's the thing that I was talking about with my partner about my shop is how, like, I, I made a business Instagram for my shop and I wanted, like, it, it meant a lot to me because when I started it, I actually started two years ago, but I was so self-conscious about being one of like the only brown people making mm-hmm. what I make, which is tapestries and fiber art. And I, if you look up fiber art, you'll probably only see one brown person on that explore page on Instagram and the rest are white people. And it just... So it meant a lot to me to find a community through my business. But at the same time, I'm like, this feels like a perpetual cycle where I'm only reaching people of color and all the white folks can just kind of be on the side and be like, oh, like, that's nice. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to patronize this. Like I I can like, they can easily patronize another white business Mm -hmm. and everyone in the BIPOC community can patronize each other but that doesn't really if that makes sense like it doesn't really change white like it doesn't really dismantle white supremacy Mm so I don't know I saw I saw a tiktok like I think it was like a day ago or something um probably like a little bit it was earlier this week for sure but it was talking about spoking fun at the Asian Lives Matter and then they said well, if Black Lives Matter and Hispanic Lives Matter and Asians' life, lives matter, then all lives matter. And it's like, mm-hmm. no. It's like, that's, <laughs> we're not saying that all lives don't matter. We're saying that there's these individuals that are being targeted and are being put in, at a position mm-hmm. where their life feels like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. these like it's, people that are making these thing. videos, huh? Um, it's, it's a part of the system. Like they, yeah, Mm -hmm. you said it really well. Like Mm -hmm. these like black and brown people were, can you hear? Uh Oh, 
Um, she keeps cutting out, so hopefully, I don't know what's going on, with Peppa. But um, yeah, I was just like, I was just saying, like, watching a TikTok like that, and the person that was in the video, obviously a white person. Um, they're trying to like look like the victim now, and it's kind of upsetting to see that because I feel like now they're being threatened. And then they're trying to make themselves feel like they're victims because mm-hmm. they're being threatened, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Instead of like trying to counter a movement like this, like how about you figure out why yeah. movements like this are even happening? Right. You know, the whole the Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter, Latinos Lives Matter, you know, all of that, there is an also also implied in that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter also. Latinx Lives Matter also. Because how you said, it's like, it's a system that is made to, like, oppress us. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's why we're rising up and saying, you know, our lives matter also. Peppa is uh, having technical difficulties. But yeah. Um, Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. So like that, okay. That's going to bring me like straight to like what I actually want to talk to. We've been talking for like an hour, but like I really wanted to talk about um, this thing, which is why I brought Peppa back because I felt like when, so Peppa and I were watching kind of the Try Guys documentary at about the same time slash talking about it at the same time, um, just because like we saw things that were in it that were just like, we did not know that was there and that that existed and so I was talking to Peppa and uh, Penny earlier before we started recording about how the way that that information was presented at least for like a lot of comments that I saw and a lot of um, people that are directly in that community they started realizing that they never learned any of this and learning it now started to make a lot more sense as to why there's so many divisions in like just race alone in addition to like um historically what has happened before and it's crazy to think that like the same segregation and issues that we had are the same issues that we're seeing now it just got amplified because obviously we had a former president that was just like insane in his head to be calling something like a worldwide pandemic the china virus and it Oh, God, it irritated me so much when I heard that term because I'm just like, what in the world, like, are you even thinking? Like, if you even, like, if you had for a second, you know, stopped with the racism and really looked at, like, what how China was dealing with this virus and how they actually combated a lot of, like, the massive mm-hmm. outbreaks, we wouldn't have been in this situation in the first place. We've been here for over a year. You're still taking credit for something that you did, but I don't think you should be proud of causing a worldwide pandemic in addition mm-hmm. to not providing healthcare for people, in addition to not providing like well means of living for people because who in the right world lives off of $2,000 a year? Excuse Mm-mm. you, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like, I remember like I was watching it and I was, like, trying to, like, process it because, obviously, like, from my perspective, I had only seen what we talk about, like, when we talk about the Japanese internment camps and, like, the historic racism in the United States and how, like, 
rural in California, it literally happened in the state of California. Mm-hmm. And like having that be so close. And like, I remember people would take field trips to go to these places to go look at them. And it's like a historical thing that's like ingrained in like our society, especially for Californians. And then we see like all of these like massive racist outbreaks still against these communities that have suffered for so long. Like, why are you going to keep putting them through this? You know, Well, I think it's also we're not really taught to process things mm-hmm. you know, like we're going to a field trip for something that happened to a community mm-hmm. that was really was racist and but we're not we're not sitting with it and thinking mm-hmm. like what does mm-hmm. that mean for them mm-hmm. it's just like a it's a field trip it's mm-hmm. like a right a way to not go to school and learn about it mm-hmm. you're just so no, I think for sure yeah, I, I think we're just not really processing and I think for for the Asian community it's it feels like something people don't want to hear about yeah. or they feel ashamed to hear about because mm-hmm. we are so easily like the butt of jokes sometimes but you can't really call it racist because I don't know you're not black which is mm-hmm. something that I I kind of when this whole thing started last year it was another gaslighting moment for me where mm-hmm. I don't have it as bad I know where my pri- privilege is and I have privilege but it was another another experience where I suppressed my own experiences mm-hmm. of racism. Mm-hmm. Like another, oh, every, someone else has got it worse for me. Yeah. Even if they're not Black, they're, you know, they're, I don't know, Southeast Asian. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being appropriated or they're Native American and they're being appropriated. Mm-hmm. But it, I think with this whole thing, it's, it's like you you become invisible and then now that everything's happening you're all of a sudden invisible you know and how do you how do you even process that Mm -hmm. like first I was overlooked and now everyone's watching yeah does that make sense yeah Yeah. no for sure yeah yeah. I really liked how like you put that too because it's like I don't think a lot of people would be open to how they're really feeling with things like this, especially because like, I feel like a lot of people probably are like, I had it really bad and now I'm having it good. So I can't do anything because it it might make me go back to the bad, you know? Yeah. And and it's like, yes and no. Like there are people that are like really racist out there, but also please explain to people why what they did was wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. But then also like, it goes back to that debate of like, I don't know if you guys have seen that where like the people that are marginalized are always speaking up against what is happening to them and they're they're not reaching a lot of people until the majority or the people that are seen as like superior I guess speak about it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's like we shouldn't have to wait for someone that has more power to speak on like the behalf of minorities yeah And we shouldn't have to wait for change to happen after, like, someone in power decides. The mainstream media starts to, yeah. 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 No, for sure. Like, treat people like people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ever Mm -hmm. thought about that? Mm -hmm. Ever thought about treating people like people? I just, uh, 
like watching that that um that documentary and then seeing the response of the community um it was really nice to see how people were starting to open themselves up to it but then man the next day i turned to that podcast and i was just like i i can't i can't imagine how people like that would feel because like for me i wouldn't relate to that type of situation and that type of hatred towards a specific race like Mm -hmm. there's there's other situations that i have that my whatever i come from has been a part of but like this these specific instances in such close proximity in addition to like a year of just hatred it's just Mm -hmm. like are you gonna cut these people like a a, like some slack like dude like it's Mm -hmm. just it's and then seeing seeing like these women on the podcast just like I mean, the way that they said it, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of the the podcast episode that they did in addition to that, but um, they were talking about the eight that were shot in these spas in Georgia mm-hmm. and how um, obviously targeted, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say it's targeted because like you cannot tell me otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, targeted, basically racist shooting. Um, and they were talking about these females and these women in the shops saying that like, you know, it could have been their mom. It could have been their sibling. It could have been their, like, family member. They had kids that, you know, they didn't get to go back to. And then you're mm-hmm. still going to paint the narrative that, one, there's no racism, and two, that this this was just someone having a bad day. Bad day. Yeah. Infuriating. Oh Infuriating. And what's, oh, my gosh. Wait, y'all can hear me now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. If I cut out, I'll text one of you. Anyway. Um, so being born and raised, like here in the San Gabriel Valley, every time I get a haircut, when I get my nails done, it's always been Asian owned, Asian owned salons, Asian owned spas. And even when I lived in Fullerton, I rarely got my nails done and my hair done only because I just trust my connection with, uh, with the Asian owned small businesses here in my hometown. So mm-hmm. when I heard the news about Atlanta, I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about Atlanta to say which is the really populated race, but knowing that the San Gabriel Valley, we have so many Asian-owned spas, barbers, salon, and I just it just crosses my mind. I'm like, it can happen anywhere. It can happen mm-hmm. at like my my own like salon. So it's it's very um, it's definitely really scary. I was, I was heartbroken, mm-hmm. especially because immigrant families, strictly most of them, when they came to the United States, they started from the ground up with a small business. Yes, mm-hmm. and to yeah. have all of that just taken away, mm-hmm. uh, away their their damn lives. Right. They they come here. They leave their whole entire lives to come here and to build or the a American better life. Dream. Dream. It's not yeah. it's not much it's of a dream anymore. Real. Real. It's not, not real. much of a dream anymore. No. Not at all. Like, no, yeah. It's no quality of life to be living here, it's really. It's not. It really isn't. You work all day for little money. Mm-hmm. You barely see your family you know you're just a slave to this economy 
to capitalism. Yep. Yeah. I, I just like, I mean, I was going through like a lot of comments on like a lot of videos and articles that were coming out and people sharing links and things like that and people sharing their stories. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know that a lot of people in the Asian community, like, I'm going to, I'm going to be like completely honest. Like I was completely blind to the fact that, you know, people calling it the China virus was affecting people to a greater extent than what I had imagined. And I think it goes back to like, not really talking about like how you're feeling about certain things or like what's going on because you kind of just want to keep it silent, keep it hushed because like, if you speak about it, it might turn into a bigger thing or like it might happen more often, mm-hmm. but like, hearing people's stories of being like, yeah, I've had to walk like my elders home since like the first incident that happened when they were targeting Asian Americans or like, I have to really be careful about what I do or like what I wear, or what I say or where I go to, because you never know like what areas are going to showcase a little bit more racism and be more discriminatory than others. It's just kind of like not knowing that at the time where we were like doing a huge like Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. Like, I mean, imagine if we had been fighting both battles like together and like actually Mm -hmm. speaking about these things fully. Like imagine how powerful that would have been instead of just kind of keeping it hush hush. And like, I think maybe if if it had begun like understanding everyone, we would have been in a different position where like minorities aren't pinning against each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to add to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because do you follow do you guys follow Sean King? Yes. On Instagram. I so well he posted, you know, in solidarity with the API community. Mm-hmm. And it made me really sad when I saw a lot of his black followers say, The Asians haven't been there for us. Like where were they last summer? Mm-hmm. And it just it made me sad, but at the same time, I was like, I totally get it. Like our, our circles probably aren't as big as we think they are. Mm-hmm. And we're not really reaching each other and we have to try harder. Mm-hmm. We have to, I mean, not be scared mm-hmm. to speak up. And yeah, there are, a lot of us are having conversations about anti-blackness and the racism that our families like kind of made us grow up with an experience but yeah imagine we have been a little bit more fine-tuning to white supremacy and not yeah you know no for for sure I feel like I mean you said I mean you get it I I still don't get it like why would you say that you know just because you know yeah they weren't there quote unquote they weren't there for us doesn't mean we shouldn't show up for them because and then it it's 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 a a snowball effect right we show up for for you you show up for us we show up for each other and you know we take the shit down Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know it's like who's gonna show that compassion first like don't come at things like that like i i don't understand that like why would you come to a situation like that? You always just, I get looking out for you and your own, but like you got to expand to other people in order to, to like grow, to grow mm-hmm. from just your community. You know, you got to be able to expand it out. And it, it's just like, 
it's just not right to like, I'm only going to uh, yeah. talk about mine and my own, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's right. Yeah. So just saying. Oof. How did you guys feel? Wait, how did you guys feel after like everything that happened last week? Uh, I was like, I mean, other than really sad, it felt like I was waking up to a, to just trauma, like revisiting trauma and all the microaggressions that I've faced mm-hmm. that with with family, with friends, with my partner even. And it was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this way. And so I would just find ways to distract myself where I would just lay in bed and cry. Or, I mean, it, it was, it's helpful to have a community on Instagram, you know, my social media community where I met Emily and, um, you know, just give myself that grace. But yeah, it just felt really weird. I don't know, because like I said, you're you're standing up for everyone else and you're making yourself invisible and you're just kind of invisible by nature. Mm-hmm. And then now you're having to really put yourself in the place of a victim and fear of going outside because it could happen anywhere. Yeah. And now it's like more amplified. And like you said, like, are we, are we, are we making it more acceptable to, I think, what was his name? The basketball player. Was it Jeremy Lin? Yeah. He, he said in an interview, he said, am I making it worse by speaking up Mm -hmm. or, or am Mm -hmm. I like, should I be doing this? But no, like I should be doing this. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think about all the people in my life that kind of just turned a blind eye to what I like whenever I've spoken up mm-hmm. and there's just kind of like sat back comfortably and been like, Oh, like kind of more apathetic mm-hmm. to, to what I was, you know, speaking about anything. And yeah, I mean, yeah. talking about it is the biggest factor. You said you you said um you weren't sure if talking about it made it worse or not. Like there's going to be repercussions on both ends. You know, if you stay quiet, things are going to continue. If you speak up, things might get a little bit worse, but I feel like talking about it, letting out your frustration, seeing the passion you have behind it really helps radicalize people to like make some change, you know? And like I I said earlier, we find these threads that connect us all to be able to help one another. We share like, even though they're not exactly the same, very similar experiences, you know? We have so many Latino vendors that are getting abused the same way we have a bunch of Asian elderly people that are being abused, you know, and it's it's these threads that are going to connect us and help us find what it is we need to do to help one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my professors, yeah. she always says communication is a gift, like somebody telling you something like um for the most part they're 
they're not being forced. Like they're choosing to communicate whatever message to you. So anything that somebody like gives to you, whether it's through a letter, whether it's verbal, whatever, mm-hmm. he always says communication is a gift. Communication is so valuable. And I try mm-hmm. to remind myself every time I question what Penny just said, like, should I speak up or is does that make things worse? Mm-hmm. But just remembering, like having your feelings out there, it's somewhat of a test. It's a test to see who really is there for you like because once you communicate however you feel it is up to like your circle um like their reaction pretty much determines your relationship your trust with them if they got your back if they're here to listen like they are someone you should hold um closely like to your life because it's Mm -hmm. like you chose to be vulnerable like nobody for the most part, nobody like forced you to express how you wanted to feel, whether it was a social media post or like anything like that. And that's why, like, I've been scared for the past few. I wouldn't say I've been scared for the past week. I've been scared this past year when COVID started and our former president said those things with zero repercussions. And I put this like out on Instagram one day, like my biggest fear is seeing someone I know or seeing a like a family member of someone I know like on the news because I cannot imagine the trauma of seeing a relative like being shared on Instagram and their face is bruised. They are bleeding like And that's another thing that's just been triggering to me too. Like how these videos and pictures of these people are just shared. um, It's just shared so quickly. And it's a double-edged sword because without those shares, you wouldn't have known. But with those shares, like you just see them getting humiliated. Like I do not want to see my friends like bleeding from the head, like on social media, getting likes. Like it's... it's, so heartbreaking that's how I've been feeling I've I've always been for like speaking up but I think another reason why Asians have been scared is because of the way we were raised mm-hmm. the others do well in school and like find a good job that pays a lot we're so used to having being that like ideal that star student that stars employee so it, it's been it's com- it's conflicting when to speak up when not to mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna say there's a there's been a few posts that I've seen where they're like check in on your Asian American friends like check in on them because we don't talk like we don't speak up we're very silent and I realized how much that meant to me when even just one or two friends, just said like, Hey, I'm thinking about you or how are you doing? And it actually hurt when a lot of other friends weren't saying anything to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know I'm one of their only Asian friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was another thing that I was feeling last week mm-hmm. was where are my friends? Where are the people, where are the parents of the children that I took care of at the yeah. daycare? Why are they not saying anything to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
Oh my gosh, heavy, heavy conversation. I know. I mean, we need to have it. We need to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, I don't know. I can see like why people wouldn't be like so, I guess, open to reaching out because they're like, like you said, like if you're like the only Asian that they know, they're like going to be like, is it racist for me to they reach might. out to the only Asian that I know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think, um, I think in any any situation, like take Peppa, for example, whenever I have a question about something that I think might be a little bit like, eh, maybe you shouldn't ask that question. I always ask ahead of time, like, is it okay if I ask you like questions like this? And I think like, that's part of like the conversation that people should be having, like mm-hmm. seeing where people's boundaries are, seeing where people's comfort zones are, like, especially for like this podcast. I was like, if you guys don't want cameras, that's fine. If you guys don't want to talk about something, that's fine. Like, it's just as much information as like you're willing to give because like you are giving a piece of yourself when you're telling people mm-hmm. how you're feeling, how you're doing, how things like this are affecting you and your community. And like, I'm pretty sure that there's like a million other thoughts that are happening <laughs> in your head as you're seeing these things just unfold to the extremeness that it is right now. But I feel like um, even like sharing little bits and pieces of that, like it takes a weight off of you. And it also like, makes us realize like okay we have to be better allies yes to different groups yeah we have Mm -hmm. to be open we have to be there like you know maybe we're not going to understand everything that's going on in your head but we'll understand enough to be a better service and support for you during times like this you know Mm -hmm. yeah i appreciate that as long as like just talk to people like I know I had I've had some pretty interesting conversations with Peppa where I was like I feel uncomfortable asking you these questions but I <laughs> think that if 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 you're not okay with it then we'll be fine and then we won't talk about it anymore but that's what we're heading towards like people can't be shy to asking certain questions because then you're never gonna know especially yeah. like how you guys were detailing like how you guys don't really talk about yourselves or your situation or try to make yourself feel like uh you're struggling or whatever and I think that's kind of like ingrained in like people to just like group I guess Asian Asian Americans together in this group of like they're perfect they're everything you have to meet the standard like they're they have nothing going on and like that's not that's not true (laughs) that's not true at all like you know like stop stop just putting labels on people and not getting to know the people that you're putting the label on Mm -hmm. there that hard <laughs> gosh oh my goodness my goodness gracious I saw a lot of like insults that people were putting on these articles was just like oh like stop stop speaking or stop like writing paragraphs or whatever like why don't you just go do math oh this person can't, isn't good at this I'm like what the heck does that have to do with anything like stop yeah. racial bias like stop it <sighs> yeah I think that like in in situations where we've experienced microaggressions if the other person who is committing the microaggression if they had just thought okay this person is Asian or whatever like this person comes from a culture where it's different from mine where they probably don't say anything or they might have experienced the trauma whatever like I feel like if people really stopped and thought about that before saying anything they would have much more empathy and and then we wouldn't be here you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah. really simple, but it, people, I don't know. Yeah. I think <laughs> these conversations are like, they're long overdue. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. They're way, yeah. they're like, again, it's going, it's kind of going back to like what you're learning. Like, okay, all of last summer, we were teaching people of like the history behind like uh, black segregation and discrimination and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, we lost the one of the bigger things that was happening in the world, which was that our former president was just like spewing all of this rhetoric against like, yeah. uh, well, specifically China. But then people don't really know how to distinguish Chinese people yeah. and just group everyone mm-hmm. else together just because they all look <laughs> what they say is the same. Like, that's another thing, too. Like, people just don't. They just call them a certain thing when they don't know that there's like different um, mm-hmm. races and different like ethnicities within a broad spectrum of people. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that just kind of got lost in in all of the turmoil that was happening last summer, especially because like a lot of these instances of like uh, like hate crimes and like abuse of Asian Americans slash AAPI altogether. Um, was happening at the same time as the Black Lives Matter movement. And mm-hmm. one was just taking a little bit more like um, importance, I guess, comparatively. And we were learning more about this one group of people and we kind of just dismissed the fact that something else happened to an elder down the street. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's so damaging with the mm-hmm. model minority myth is, you know, I don't like, People, people talk, don't talk about white supremacy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's stop white supremacy. It's, it's, I mean, it's stop Asian hate and it's black lives matter, but it's stop white supremacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn what white supremacy is too. Cause right. a lot of people are just like, well, you're just saying that just because you're hating on it. It's like, no, yeah. it's like, historically, oh, white people. <laughs> yeah. Like historically, there's a lot of context to what we're telling you. Mm-hmm. And if if your response to someone telling you something that you're doing is wrong, is just to say, no, you're wrong. And then they bring you like all the facts and figures and you're still just like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Just think of a better argument. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> your ignorance, mm-hmm. like I can obviously know. I, I know you can't read. <laughs> I know you can't read if you say that. I, I 100% know you probably just read at a first grade level. You don't want to read anything else. I understand there's a ton of videos on YouTube. We talked about little kids on iPads. Like, you guys <laughs> grab an iPad. You know, it's just, oh man. Gosh, look how full circle we came, everybody. Right. We came, we came <laughs> yeah. back to the callback. Yeah. We're at like about an hour 30. Yeah, we're at, running out of time. We have an hour 30 slot. So. <laughs> I like this group, though. It's a good time. It's a good yeah. time. I, oh, it was fun. Yeah. It was a really good conversation. Is there anything else that like you guys want to add? Any feelings, emotions, thoughts, words of wisdom to anyone listening? <laughs> um, Did you want to go mean, first? <laughs> well, what was on my mind is like specifically for Asian and Asian Americans, just keep speaking up. Mm-hmm. Like take this as your chance or like your real chance to speak up and don't let it slip by. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think I'm saying that more to myself because I'm thinking of all the times I let it 
slip and I just let it like I let it go mm-hmm. because I didn't want people to feel uncomfortable. But I don't know, take this as momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, take your sp- mm-hmm. not spotlight, but you know. Mm-hmm. The revolution's coming. Mm-hmm. The yeah. revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that picture of the you heard about the Chinese lady? In- Wait, which was the picture? The the Chinese woman in San Francisco who attacked her attacker. Did you hear about that? No. Yes. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, there's a cartoon of her as Rosie the Riveter. Wow. And and the caption is, fuck around and see what happens. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like, love that. That's so great. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. All right, Peppa, any, any, any last final thoughts or anything else? Yeah. Um, similar to what Penny said, like if you're Asian American and listening to this, like, um, like don't always for being yourself, like just own up to it. There's nothing embarrassing or like diminishing about you for who you are, especially your upbringing and your identity. I know not even just Asian American, I'm sure Angie and Julia can relate to this. Sometimes we can feel either not Asian enough and then we can feel not American mm-hmm. enough because mm-hmm. we have to balance these two identities. But in the end, it's like, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Um, don't, yeah, don't apologize for yourself. In the end, like, speak up. Don't apologize for speaking up too. Oh, like, you have these feelings that you are allowed to feel. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, that's, I think that's all <laughs> I have. <laughs> well um thank you, you to penny and up because communication is a good i love like that cutting in and out with peppa right <laughs> but we got the message everybody right. speak up about things <laughs> yeah communication is a gift we love it yeah, yeah. communication is genuinely a gift I want to say thank you to peppa and penny for coming on the mm-hmm. podcast thank you guys so much for being here and then lightening us with like your side of and perspective of things just because like it's good to have a discussion like this you know yeah even though it's recorded like it felt like just we were just talking about things like you know just voicing our concerns i think um more people can just learn a little bit like from this and also learn to talk to your friends dude Mm-hmm. your friends right. have so many stories that they <laughs> are willing to share with you that's why they're your friends everybody right um i feel like Angie, this podcast has really showed me that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, usually when you listen to a podcast, people bring in like experts, people bring in <laughs> professionals and stuff. Not yeah. saying that our friends are not professionals, because let me tell you, we got degrees. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but um, you know, just uh, the mo- most of the people we've had on were friends, you know, and we've learned so much through this podcast. And that's mm-hmm. honestly like the biggest goal I had was just to learn different ex- perspectives. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, and also just remember, like, you know, everything that's going on is crazy. It's weird. It's wild. But you know what, Julia? <laughs> You're, You're doing, doing just fine. fine. <laughs> You're doing just fine, dude. We are all going through similar experiences. And, you know, just be open to experiencing the world with other people, please. Don't mm-hmm. just keep yourself isolated. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many beautiful things about the world in addition to it being so ugly and nasty sometimes that 
you know, you just gotta take take some time to learn. Education is beautiful, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here because we've been talking for a really long time. And Julia yeah. said that we ran out of time already. So <laughs> <laughs> just cut into someone else's podcast. Like, <laughs> right. Just, I'll, I'll work around it. Don't this worry. This is important. This is important <laughs> stuff here. No, um, it is, for sure is. Is there anything you guys want to plug before we wrap up the episode? Oh, my Plugging shop. Etsy shop. <laughs> Etsy shop. Yeah, where uh, can they find you? I am at Teodora Joe dot etsy.com and i can just put it in the chat cool yeah we'll put it in the description Mm -hmm. yeah you can find me on instagram or twitter at nb so e-n-b-e-e-e-z-e instagram and twitter yeah yeah and i think i'm actually gonna put this episode out before the one with just peppa sorry um just because (laughs) I, i i want this one to be out real quick so stay tuned next week Yes, stay tuned next week for a whole episode of Just Peppa and I. Yeah. We had better connections, so she won't be in and out, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yes. we had a really good discussion with Peppa about like her story, and it's a really good time. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about Peppa, the real Peppa Pig, please come back next week. Yeah. Um, but Julia and I will be here whenever we decide to pop in and just give you guys our opinion unsolicited yeah. opinions but important ones um, <laughs> you guys can follow us on social media you're doing fine mija on twitter it's you are doing fine mija and then come follow true 100 radio because julia is doing some amazing stuff over there yeah. uh but yeah leave us a, a like greatest us five stars and then comment anywhere you find us on social media asking like what you guys want to talk about what mm-hmm. you guys want to see uh, if you want to come onto a podcast show, that'd be fun. Yeah, we're trying to get like European people to come in and roast us, but um, <laughs> it's not really working out. But yeah, we'd love to hear like your perspectives and your discussions. And yeah, you guys can always come and talk to us. Yeah. Anything else, so, Julia? Nope, that's pretty much it. Um, thank you guys again, and I hope um our listeners just tune in next week. Can we get a collective bye from everybody? One, two, three. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right.